LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. Hello, Scott. G'day, Matty. Is this is the first time we're up, up, up on deck this year? For 2022, that's correct. And we're talking about the last two years. Scale of one to ten, how were your last two years? Well, ordinarily I'm quite optimistic, you know, so often I would go, oh, 12. Uh, but... I, but I'm actually, I, 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 I think I, the last, you know, towards the end of Christmas, I was pretty wrecked, pretty tired, yeah. uh, pretty worn out. And to be honest, we still haven't kind of got into, uh, you know, our old pre, you know, rhythms yeah. um, before lockdowns and everything else. And we still haven't kind of shaken them out. So I'm hoping with school coming back in the next few weeks, we can shake them out, get back to family dinners being done right. And, um, yeah. Just gathering together. Are you optimistic about 2022? Oh, of course. That's good. Of course. So you're still the Whereas same. Whereas if you know, Derek was here, it'd be, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's what makes it a good podcast. Optimist good thing can't hear us for pessimist. a bit. That's right. He can't, he can't come back on that one. The one thing's brought to you by Reach Australia. As a network, we want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. We've got a goal of seeing 200 new churches launched in the next 10 years and over 750 plus church leaders developed. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, the last two years of pastoring. And today we have Peter Blanche joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Maddie and, and, and Scott. Thanks. For, and uh, he's not only joining the podcast, but you've joined the Rich Australia team. Absolutely. Very, very excited about that. That's excellent. Yeah. So you're the Director of Church Development and you're also a consultant. Um, and you've been the pastor at, previously. You're at Wagga Wagga Evangelical. That's right, Maddie. I've been there. For, oh, I was the senior pastor there for about 15, 16 years. It was, uh, it was a great time. Oh, very nice. So, Pete, tell us, we want to sort of get your reflections, capture how it's actually been pastoring a church over the last two years. Yeah, look, it has been a tricky time. I'm sure everyone listening who's involved in church ministry context will know how tricky it's been. Look, some of my reflections on it, though, has been, oh, it's it, it's been two extremes in some ways, it has been genuinely an exciting time. I, I think that what's happened in the last two years has forced many pastors to be more creative. Uh, that actually, you have an ability to try new things. That that has brought a, a level of energy and excitement um, to, to, to church ministries. And I, I've enjoyed that part of the last two years. But as I say that, I'm acutely aware the other side is exactly true, is while it's been energizing, gee, it's also been fatiguing. Um, I, I like to coin, I don't know if I'm the first one to use that phrase, I'm sure I'm not, but that whole issue of decision fatigue yep. is very real. Just the sheer amount of decisions that you make in ministry regularly is, is, is enough, let alone throwing in COVID into the mix. And then let alone some of the changes that have been thrust that we've had to think about have been so last minute. It's been amazing how many government changes have happened on a Friday afternoon mm. or a Saturday right before a Sunday. But uh, so while it's been exciting and energising, there is a level of fatiguing, uh, not just around decision making, but just the isolation that that can bring, uh, the the frustrations around ministry, having to cancel things and, and longing to see things grow, but to see things diminish, that there is a genuine fatigue. For, the, for those who are in the city like myself, 
my sense is regional Australia has been largely unaffected. You know, you've been able to go about your business, milk your cows, uh, <laughs> pulling your <laughs> pulling your crops, and uh, and not have too many restrictions. But hearing you say that, you know, you you're still subject to lockdowns and and other things even in in Wagga. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You you, you want to, part of your comment there is is right though. That we have faced definitely less restrictions. Uh, that has been a good thing. Uh, greater Sydney, or in, if around a country, greater metropolitan areas have often faced it far more tougher than and we Melbourne, have. Melbourne, yeah, Melbourne particularly. Absolutely. Um, and so there has been, it has been certainly easier in in various regional locations across the country. Wagga definitely being one of them. Uh, we did have our, our our moments of lockdown and shutdown. Uh, restrictions on singing were were very common. And if you have family not in your regional centre, you're not seeing them for ages. Oh, that's exactly right, Maddie. The, the uh, in the countries in the country areas, uh, often families are well, quite remote. Yeah. Lots of travelling to get there. The ability to see family has been significantly curtailed. Um, but yeah, everyone across the country is feeling that, no doubt. Yeah. So in terms of in terms of the impact on your church family and what you saw, the the constant change was, I think, tough, tough for pastors. That decision fatigue. Um, you know, pulling in your leadership teams regularly to say, "Hey, this is this is the situation for us. How are we going to respond to this?" Uh, what was the impact on your church family? Oh, look, we certainly reduced in numbers at various times. That was an impact that everyone would have felt. But I think one, one of the unforeseen uh, one of the unforeseen impacts is, I think, a loss of zeal. I think that has been a significant part. If I if I was thinking about the last couple of years and with all the uncertainty. Um, are there, there are kind of three things in my mind that had very significant impact. Zeal is one of them. Mm. Uh, if I talk about zeal first, you know, Romans 12 keeps on telling us to never be lacking in zeal, but to keep our spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Mm. And when you're trying to lead churches and, and wanting to see the passion for the Lord to keep to keep going, to keeping behind, to it never to be lacking, it, it was a real loss to see that zeal uh, diminish somewhat. Mm. The other thing I noticed, though, was in, that was a really critical thing to, to, to keep in mind was just having the right perspective. As a church pastor and a church leader, keeping the church family's perspective correct was an absolutely critical part of, of being a pastor in the last two years. In, in a sense, that, that's something that um, ha- hasn't changed. You know, mm. We've got to keep reminding people that we live in these last days, um, giving people an, an, an eternal perspective, not a short-term perspective. But that being said, the last two years, yeah. it's yeah. really a really good opportunity to push into that. Yeah, yeah. This is a fundamental part of pastoring, no matter what the current context we're living in is. But certainly in those last two years, it, it's amazing how when the media is so blanketly covering the COVID crisis, how the immediate, what's happening today, what are the results mm-hmm. today, what, what are the new rules coming this week, uh, the 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 whole focus of the attention is on the here and now, mm. and that eternal perspective as a pastor keep putting that towards people was just so critically important. Um, and part of what plays into that, the second thing I think that was really important, and in reflecting on the last two years, is just pastoring and shepherding people through the issue of fear. Mm. And we all know that fear. Well, I've said it lots of times. I probably got it from other people, but fear is a very strong motivator. Very strong motivator. If you've ever driven the car. Often people are happy to be, you know, 
maybe two or three or five k's above the speed limit if they're well in godliness please 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 obey the laws <laughs> but um but it's amazing maybe in the country that's that's what's happening there yeah. but um but you know if there's if there is a police all of a sudden behind you you, you know all of a sudden mm. fear kicks in you know you, you're not even you're interested driving in, 90 kilometers not 100 that's right. kilometers. you're not even interested in driving you know you're now you're very happy to drive 10 k's below the speed limit and, yeah. and that's because fear is a strong motivator just like it is if you're in the ocean and you hear that shark warning sign go off. I have never swum faster <laughs> in my life than when the shark signs go off, that warnings go off. But it's just the idea that fear is such a strong motivator and fear has been the currency used in, in, in these COVID times so much. And being a pastor and talking to people about fear and fearing the right things, again, has been just a critically important thing to be on top of and aware of during, during the last two years. Um, because if you fear the wrong things, and again, that plays into perspective, you begin to get lose perspective. Mm. And we've got to keep putting before our church families that, that the most fearful thing, the most fearful thing we face is, is not a disease. The most fearful thing is to face, or to face the Lord Almighty with your sins unforgiven. Mm. And that kind of perspective brings a new urgency to mission in the middle of a pandemic. It brings greater perspective to eternity. It helps people to begin to fear the right things. Mm. And, and to use their time wisely, to use the opportunity wisely, to realise that as people are a bit more fearful about certain things, that the issues of life and death can be more on the table. I think there were great opportunities for mission when you are actually uh, leading your church family in perspective and in the issue of fear. That, that's really helpful. You, you remind us about the, uh, the loss of zeal, uh, the need to pastor our people through fear, what was the third thing? Oh, the third thing I want to talk about was just uh, pastoring people in the issue of love. Uh, if you read the New Testament like we all should be doing, the whole Bible regularly, you cannot avoid how critical love is to, uh, to, to God and to his people. And um, loving, loving it's, it's amazing how much you know, we can love people definitely and, and love them when we see them less face-to-face. But what I was struck in the last two years is how much the feeling of being loved and the feeling of giving love is so connected a bit to face-to-face. And so while we do in our creativity, uh, we, we, we try to do as best we can with our online services. Um, we, and much of what we're doing is, well, is then not as face-to-face as it once was. And there's very, there's very loving things that we're doing for our wider church families in that space. But it is amazing, isn't it, how when you are seeing someone face to face, that the, the the them feeling loved by you and you actually having more opportunity to love them is there and it's real. Mm. One of the things that COVID, I think, has, has, has exposed to us is that in any church family, we all know the truth that no church family is perfect. If there was such a thing as a church family is perfect, any time you turn up or I turn up, we ruin it because we're the sinner that comes into the mix. So there is no perfect church family. And that just means there are all sorts of cracks in relationships. Uh, There are all sorts of little bits of uh, division uh, where people are not getting along, where there's ungodliness and sin that, 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 that needs attention. But all these kind of cracks that there are in relationships, when it's not face to face, those cracks do get bigger. And so leading a church family in the issue of how to love one another, how to love, and obviously we've been dealing with that, of how to love one another when there's uh, differences of opinions or over vaccinations. But that's just one aspect of this. Those, those cracks in those relationships are so often so much more easily smoothed over mm-hmm. when people can see each other face to face. And when yeah. that is lost, 
gee, the, the, the width that those cracks can grow to is significant. And uh, we do need to be leading our church families well in the issue of love, in the issue of disputable matters, just in the issue of just the, the body and the unity within the body. Uh, to go in a different direction, so you joined us in January. What convinced you to move out of pastoring and to come work for Reach Australia? Oh, that's a great question. Great question, Maddie. Uh, it's connected to ambition again. Um, not ambition for myself. Uh, when I was in Wagga leading the church there, leading, being the senior pastor of Wagga Evangelical Church, uh, we loved it and we loved the people there. And if anyone from Wagga is listening, it's, it's important that you know we didn't leave church because... Uh, Gee, the people there are difficult and hard to get along with, and not, not at all. We love that town. We love that city. We love the work we plowed ourselves into. We love the church. Uh, the reason we moved is am the ambition for the gospel across the country. Mm. Reach Australia is, is in a great position to make significant change to the leadership of churches, which will make significant change to churches. It is, it is genuinely our dream to see thousands of churches benefited to see so many people, lost people, who don't have the perspective of heaven and hell yet, actually gain that perspective and come to Christ. And I believe Reach Australia is, is very well positioned to, to see significant help among churches, to see them move out of, well, to see growing churches grow faster, to see churches that are, that are just maintaining themselves, to see them move into a growth phase. Uh, we wanna see churches that are even declining Get, 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 get help they need to come and, 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 and see more growth happen in their area. Mm. Not out of an ambition to grow a reputation for yourself or for your own name. I, I'm a slave of Jesus in the end, and I'm convinced, and I've left Wagga to see gospel growth happen, and I believe as Christ's servant and Christ's slave, this is a great use of, of my time and energy to see the kingdom grow across this country. Yeah. What's the one thing you want to say to those who have been leading churches for the last two years? <laughs> Grow your zeal. And I think the key to that is to keep reminding yourself of the gospel convictions that brought you into ministry in the first place mm. because those convictions haven't changed. The realities of heaven and hell, the, the brevity of life, uh, the fact that we are in the last days, uh, these these things uh, these things haven't changed. Uh, if you're feeling like you've lost a bit of passion, you've lost a bit of energy, you've lost a bit of zeal for the for the work you're doing, just remember what brought you to the to to do this work in the first place. That you gave yourself fully to the work of the Lord because that work is not in vain. That lost people needed saving, that the the saved needed growing, and that Christ's love which compelled you can still compel you now. So go back to those convictions, go back to those core beliefs, rekindle that zeal, and again, give yourself fully to that work of the Lord. Mm. Thanks, Peter. Scott, what is in the toolbox? Well, uh, in the toolbox, there's a, a great episode on the one thing, episode 214 on sustainable ministry. But Pete, uh, it is your, I mean, it is your first, uh, first time on the one thing, and no doubt you'll be back. Uh, in the future as well. What are just a couple of resources you've used over the last two years that have just in encouraged that zeal and, and encouraged your heart? Oh, look, I've certainly... Well, you can't plug. say the Bible, you can't say prayer. No, no. Got to be something else. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been uh, regularly listening to the, the Reach Australia podcast. That's a, <laughs> that's a shameless plug, isn't it? Um, it is. That's... It is a shameless plug. Uh, what I, one of the reasons I've been doing that is is to keep my own perspective in place. I've just found among that podcast 
there are a number of church leaders across our country who are certainly facing the same sorts of issues. And it just warms my heart when I can't meet with those kinds of people in person and, and at conferences to again be deliberately seeking out uh, godly, mature Christian voices into my life. Uh, and, and hearing them, it, it's funny, I can read that kind of stuff. You can read books about it, but there is something about hearing the words spoken and preached and taught uh, that, that I find particularly helpful in, 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 in enlarging my vision and increasing my zeal. So I've certainly found that helpful. Okay, and one other resource? One other resource is, uh, well, it's, it's, it's my own, it's the leadership team I've been working with. Mm. Um, as we've been struggling through these things together, gee, we've lent on each other. Uh, if uh, a shout out to those people back in Wagga, but the, the, the wider ministry leadership team that we, held, that we had in Wagga, regularly meeting with them, regularly talking about not just the immediate surface things like what are the plans for this weekend, but deliberately thinking through the big perspective with them, making sure we don't lose sight of that. Doing that together has been a great joy and a real resource. Excellent. Well, we have uh, really enjoyed having you on this podcast, so thanks for joining us today, Pete. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. We'd love to have you join us at the Reach Australia National Conference. It's on the 16th to the 19th of May. Now, we understand there's a little bit of uncertainty with COVID, but we're moving ahead with the conference and we anticipate that we'll be able to meet together and hopefully mask-free and not too socially distanced. So be sure to register to ensure that you receive the early bird pricing. Go to reachaustralia.com.au to register. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Madeline Galea. Chat soon.